get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. Anthony Stalter and Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kylie. It is BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter now in studio with us for the one o'clock hour. Alex will be back tomorrow. And right now, very happy to go out to the Brownie and Crouppen celebrity line. The director of scouting for the draft network joins us after an awesome weekend of the NFL draft. He is Kyle Krabs. Kyle, we appreciate the time today, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's always fun to kind of see how things shake out after uh, three wild and crazy days in April. So uh, glad to be on with you guys and, and chat a little NFL draft. So I would imagine the biggest storyline coming out of the weekend was the Bears, who finally have a quarterback, or at least seemingly finally have a quarterback. What do you think of the fit between Justin Fields and Chicago, that offense that they're going to run under Matt Nagy? Is, in, this, in your opinion, is this enough to be able to save their jobs? Because we all know going into this year, uh, that administration was kind of on the hot seat. Yeah, I, I think at the very least this helps their, their argument to get an extension, and, and they've made an aggressive move. And you know everybody assumed they were going to be in quarterback purgatory, picking at 20 and, and the expected run on quarterbacks. And uh, we end up only seeing, seeing three go in the top 10. So they deserve a lot of credit because if you don't make this move, you're probably going to end up losing your job at the end of the year if you're banking on Danny Dalton saving your job. So that's that's the one thing that, that has me raising my eyebrow now is you hear them say, oh, we want to do the, the Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes plan. Uh, here in Chicago and, and ease this transition in. And I'm like, you guys aren't Andy Reid. Like, he's going to have to get on the field and play for you and showcase that you guys made a good decision. So I would expect that we'll see Justin Fields for a good portion of this season. And, and I think he's physically capable and mentally capable of taking on that challenge and helping save their jobs. Yeah. Kyle, I always feel like there is a bit of a theme that emerges, right? Like a couple of years ago, it was the teams that passed on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson. And the biggest one, obviously, was the Bears, who we just talked about. Do you think that when we look back on this draft in a year, in two years, in three years, that this will be the draft that we talk about teams passing on Justin Fields? I think you have the potential for that, for sure. And especially some of these teams that you look at them up and down and like, the Denver Broncos have a really good roster. Uh, they drafted Pat Sertain there at, at number nine overall after J.C. Horn goes to Carolina. and uh, You're in the division with Patrick Mahomes, that guy we just got done talking about, and you're going to bank on Teddy Bridgewater and 
Drew Locke to get you through to compete in the AFC West? Like, if it were me, and, and I know they said they like Justin Fields, but they like Patrick Sertain better, which is a little bit of an eyebrow-raising statement for me. Denver is certainly that team, and to a lesser degree, Carolina, um, you're you're probably going to see nothing better than what you've got from Sam Darnold already. You know, it would be a major upset for him to completely revive his career and not have that question take place. So it really just becomes, is Justin Fields, who many of us in the industry, myself included, think he is as a franchise caliber quarterback. And if he is, then yeah, I, I bet we would look back at those two teams and say, man, like corners are really important. But at the same time, we had, we allowed Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater slash Drew Locke from preventing us from going to get a highly skilled quarterback. Kyle Krabs is joining us here on 101 ESPN. He's the director of scouting for the Draft Network. Check him out on Twitter, at Grinding the Tape. He also does an awesome podcast that I listen to regularly, regularly rather called the Draft Dudes Podcast. Highly recommend it, and he's joining us on behalf of betonline.ag. Kyle, the last question that I've got here on Justin Fields is, I mean, I, I watched the kid in college, and I came away like, oh, this is clearly a top-five pick. Like, I, I don't need to see anything more. And then I saw against Clemson, the dude played through some sort of a rib injury and balled out. He did it at the highest of levels against the best of teams. What did I see that apparently the rest of the NFL saw, didn't see? Why, why was this the guy, in your opinion, that fell to 11? Can, can you explain it? I, I wish I had a good answer. <laughs> you know, I, I even think back to 2019, and they were playing Michigan, and he got hit low, and we're like, oh, man, Fields just blew his knee out. He missed two plays, came back on the first, first play, came back on the field. He was rolling to his left and threw like a 35-yard rope for a touchdown in the back of the end zone. So the toughness is there, and a lot of the hyperbole and narrative that he'd been exposed to in the pre-draft process this year was just nonsense. The toughness is very clearly there. The physical skill set is very clearly there. Highly productive, as you mentioned, at the highest of levels. In my opinion, Justin Fields was closer to Trevor Lawrence for QB1 than anybody else was closer to Justin Fields for the contender for QB two. And that's just my, that's my personal assessment of it based on everything that we can see and speak intelligently about. But yeah, I have a hard time wrapping my head around how he falls out of the top 10. So Kyle's looking at a lot of your draft grades and it's, so it's always interesting. And, and you probably throw out the disclaimer too, in that you're almost judging based on where guys fell, maybe value trades that they made impact players, all that. I don't want to talk to you about your A's. I want to talk to you about your three D's, right? So you got Cowboys D plus Rams D Texans D minus. Now the Rams and the Texans didn't have first round picks. Texans didn't have a first or a second. So I, I imagine that some of that had to play into your grade. The Cowboys are from what I can tell being praised for spending so much capital on their defense, which was terrible last year. Why did you hand out the the three D's that you did? Well, for, for the Rams specifically, well, I'll start with that one. Them having one pick in the top 100 and going with 2-2 Atwell, uh, it just felt redundant. You know, and I understand with Matt Stafford, you're going to want to be able to push the ball down the field, but Atwell showed up at the medical checks at the combine like under 150 pounds. So I know that there was a lot of appreciation for what he brought from a speed dynamic and big playability, but... Uh, this was a really good class for wide receivers and some of these other guys who were available, who came off the board after two, two Atwell with that uh, 57th overall pick. 
uh, just kind of surprised me. And, and then their only other pick on day two was was uh, Ernest Jones, a linebacker that I liked from South Carolina, but I liked him as like a fourth or fifth round kind of thumper between the tackles type. So he was a bit of a surprise to see go as early as he he did as far as Dallas goes. They definitely invested a ton in defense. Micah Parsons, I like. Uh, Jabril Cox, who they got in the fourth round, I like. He's a coverage option. Micah Parsons is rawest areas coverage. So those two guys combined, you're probably going to get competent play out of one of the linebacker spots, which they desperately need because Sean Lee retired. You have Leighton Van Der Esch, who can't stay healthy, and Jalen Smith, who they gave a $50 million contract to, who I don't think has lived up to the expectations of that money for a single snap since he signed the deal. Uh, so I appreciate what they did there, but you look at the corners that they drafted, whether it was Nashawn Wright there at 99 or Calvin Joseph at 44. Calvin Joseph has played in 20 games in his college career. He started nine, I believe, at the University of Kentucky. So, like, really small sample size, uh, super raw, super toolsy. So I understand from what they went, in, went out and got, they were in the market for long corners to play on the outside, and they, they definitely needed those. But I didn't think the value of either one of those. This was a corner class that, that we had uh, at the draft network, 13 or 14 corners in our top 100. And none, neither of the two corners that they took in the top 100 were amongst that 14. So uh, I just, from our evaluation of the players, and granted we're looking at it from a scope of 32 teams versus just a, an individual team, uh, we didn't feel as though they identified the best possible candidates to fill what they were looking for. So uh, that, that's Dallas. And then Houston, surprised to see them take a quarterback. I understand there's this whole Deshaun Watson situation who, uh, even before the legal issues came up and due process needs to play out there before we even think about Deshaun Watson playing football again, they signed to Rod Taylor. They're going to be terrible. <laughs> and the, the, the best thing that they could draw up was to take a third-round quarterback with their first pick. Like, is your expectation that Davis Mills is going to develop into your starting quarterback? And if not, like, why even waste the time with the pick? You have a bridge quarterback already. So it was just like you guys waited all this time to get on the board, and the first thing you did with it was use it on a quarterback who's probably not going to play. And that uh, that really felt like it missed the mark, and they obviously were very handcuffed by Bill O'Brien trading away all of their draft picks for Laramie Tunsil two years ago. We're talking to Kyle Krabs here on 101 ESPN for just another couple of minutes. Kyle, I know that the draft is not about like taking your team from one place to Super Bowl contention. This is about building your roster for the long term. Mm -hmm. But is there any team that based on what they did in the draft, they tangibly changed the way that you view their outlook for the 2021 season? Is there anybody that you view that way? Uh, I really like what Baltimore was able to do as far as bringing a lot of pieces into the fray to help them replicate what they were in 2019 when Lamar won MVP. Uh, so that they had, after that season, lost Marshall Yanda. They traded Hayden Hurst to the Falcons. Uh, and, and you really saw those losses when you add in the injuries that they suffered throughout the course of the year this past year. So they obviously traded away Orlando Brown, but they drafted Rashad Bateman who might be the best wide receiver on the roster from the jump. Uh, I think he fits very well into what they do with how much Minnesota ran RPOs and ran him into the middle of the field and asked him to catch in traffic and create yards after catch back in 2019 when he was fully healthy. So uh, he's going to complement what Lamar Jackson does as a passer well. So many teams were just committed to just crowding in between the numbers and daring him to throw outside. So having a guy who can win in congested areas I think will really help. 
uh, drafting Ben Cleveland uh, to help kind of take over one of those guard spots after Yander retired after the 2019 season. That guy's I a monster, he Kyle. With, he's huge. <laughs> listen, he's built like the, the, the mountain from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like, legitimately, that's his build. But he, he plays athletic. It's not as though he's this lumbering stiff out there. So he, he's going to do really well for them. Uh, Odafe Owe, who they got with the other first-round pick, him stepping into the Matt Judon role. I understand Owe didn't have any sacks this past year in college, but uh, him stepping into a blitz-heavy defense that used Matt Judon, who was a similar player as far as what his pass rush palette was, but not as explosive or long as Owe, like, that's a winning formula. So they did a lot of things. I really like stylistically offense, what, what they brought into the picture, and then replacing Matt Judon. Baltimore really helped themselves, I think. Kyle, I know you're you're a director of scouting for you are the director of scouting for the Draft Network, but we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you about the biggest NFL storyline, which is Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron right. Rodgers, you you've read the reports, people know what's going on. One, do you have any update? Two, how do you think that this plays out before the NFL season? I I unfortunately am the wrong guy to to come to for <laughs> updates on this situation. But I will say this. Um, Aaron's real only leverage is walking away. So I think, you know, with how close he was uh, each of the past two years, uh, Green Bay, they did some nice things in the draft. I think cooler heads will probably prevail here. I understand why Aaron is frustrated. Uh, I think it's just a little convenient that the timing was like, oh, three hours before the start of the draft, the report dropped that he wasn't coming back. Uh, maybe a little nudge from Aaron to say, yo, guys, let's go out and get me somebody here to work with. So um, I anticipate he will play. Uh, I anticipate he will be on the Packers. Green Bay doesn't really have any urgency uh, to trade him. And Aaron's real only leverage in this situation would be to retire and go host Jeopardy. So as a quick follow-up to that, I know you're the draft guy, Kyle, so maybe I'm asking the wrong person, but if I'm the Denver Broncos, who you, you just mentioned, they have a really good roster, and I agree with you, and I'm a Chiefs fan saying that, is there too much to pay in terms of draft no. capital to go get no. Aaron Rodgers? No, this, this, this is a Super Bowl contending roster with major, major, major questions at quarterback. And, and I do not believe that Drew Locke is the answer. And we've seen the best of what Teddy Bridgewater has as a, a player. And unfortunately, ever since the knee injury that he suffered, it's kind of been that he just kind of is what he is. And he's going to manage the game. He'll keep the car between the lines, but he, he's not going to win you the race. So, no, if I'm Denver and I'm Vic Fangio, I'm one of the older head coaches in the league, and I waited all this time for me to get my shot to be a head coach, I'm sure that's a hard sell for George Payton and the new, the new GM there. Uh, but but Denver's done this in the past. You know, they, they were the ones that went out and got Peyton Manning. And granted, that was the free agency. That wasn't a trade. But, uh, you know, Elway has shown that aggressiveness, and this would be a home run opportunity for them. And if nothing else, would kill to see Aaron Rodgers on the Broncos against Pat Mahomes on the Chiefs twice a year. I would that would not. be worth the price of admission. I would prefer not to see that as a Chiefs fan, but it would be fun to watch nonetheless. Hey, Kyle, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us. And next time we talk, I'll ask you about why you hate the Chiefs. Why would you give them a C-plus <laughs> in your grade? Awful. Just awful. Listen, every, I can't give all A's and B's out. <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is not a candy store here. i got to be objective a little bit. But I appreciate you guys having me on. look forward to talking again soon.